Good morning, folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Steve Williamson here. We have a Steve Segner, the big supporter of the show. He's the uh, is it chairman or president of the uh, of the hospitality council? President of the lodging council. Well, president of the lodging council. We have a nonprofit. We have Al Camello. What we want to talk to, uh, if you've listened to our other shows, we. We've had people opposed to almost all the developments proposed in the Verde Valley. And the truth is, I mean, you may not, I don't express my opinion sometimes, but some of them I, w- I agreed with and some of them I was not so sure about and, and I thought were sort of iffy. In my heart, I don't want any more development in the Verde Valley. So um, I think let's take up some of the myths of Sedona. I have one that I want to talk about. Um, but in any case, we posted about the show on the Internet, and my co-host, Hava, has like 3,000 people on her friends list. And when she started sharing this, we got all kinds of really hostile comments against both of you. In other words, on the Internet, there are people who are just waiting to denounce you guys. And so we're trying to have a show about how to get – Things so that we can violently disagree but not personally attack each other or try to destroy each other. And what happens is we get on social media exactly what we were focusing on complaining about. Oh, I, I think you're, you hit the word social media and they're upset. Al and I get out. We go to meetings. We go to a lot of meetings. We give money. We get involved. We meet people. The people who are complaining on social media just sit home and complain. Uh, the, the, I think the key is is getting involved. I think is going to the meetings, listening to all the uh, the input, uh, meeting people face to face. I think what happens is people hiding now behind social media, and they become angry and they become mean because they don't really have to meet people socially face to face. Let's get, let's start with an example, Steve. You recently defended having a temporary, what would you call it, a hub for, uh, for taking people to the hiking trails that will cut down everybody driving there and trying to park yeah. with their cars, which is causing in, in Sedona, well, it, it depends on your neighborhood, a real yeah, Alan, chaos. Yeah, Al and I took the time to actually listen to the city, um, input on their new traffic uh, study that they're going to do, the traffic plan they want to input. We we listen to it, two-hour meeting. We ask questions. Um, They're going to try to speed it up, maybe start it by next uh, Easter. But I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but, you know, we had a tough Easter. So they talked, well, maybe at um, on Brewer Road where they're going to build uh, the future park, they would just have a temporary drop-off and pick up for a van once an hour. Eight to 12 people. And I said, well, I think that's probably an appropriate place. We have parking across the street. You can have parking on the lot there. Uh, I've been a proponent since day one of building that park, and I go to the city council every year, and I remind them to please fund it and build it. So I love the park. 
But what happened is people reacted with all this negative comment. And there's nobody even lives around that spot. It's, an, it's actually a commercial uh, area. It's commercially zoned. Uh, so I was a little shocked that I got a hundred people just raving about how it's going to destroy their life. And I think it's interesting the words they use. It's not like it's going to be um, um, an inconvenience. It's going to utterly destroy Sedona or utterly destroy their life. The it's so over the top that it's it's almost shocking. So that, we're no, so that everybody knows what we're talking about. We're talking where the ranger station used to be until about 10, 12 years ago when uh, it, the property was sold and the ranger uh, forest service built their new ranger station out on the other side of the village. So that's the lot. Right. But the city bought a year ago new land um, back behind Caldwell Banker that will eventually be a uh, a permanent uh, transit um, um, home base for uh, however the transit system of Sedona evolves over the next uh, half a dozen years. And then uh, explain what the transit system is planned. It's to deal with problems on the um, where the hiking trails start at, the, at right and, and on the right the, amazing the, amount of traffic. In right, and and the transit plan I believe is on the city's website, but it would be vehicles that would be dedicated going to the Soldier Pass Trailhead or going to the Brins Mesa Jim Thompson Trailhead or the Cathedral Rock Trailhead. And this particular um, central location would be um, where a lot of the uh, transportation would radiate from. And they'd be vehicles maybe up to maybe 15. And I've even heard in some cases they might be much smaller vehicles depending upon what would work. So these vehicles would take people uh, around to the trail trailhead. Well, the, the idea was that... Trails a, inside the city limits. Yes, trails inside the city limits. They're doing a study, and what people don't seem to realize, and I kept saying, is, let's see what the study says. The idea is um, you pick up at a location, and seven or eight minutes you can drop them off at a trailhead. Well, everybody popped up saying, well, it needs to be in Village of Oak Creek, or it needs to be out in the Dells. And everybody thinks that it should be someplace else. And I, I came back and I said, that's just NIMBY speak, okay? It's, let's not, NIMBY is a word that, that is infuriating to some people, but they practice it. They, they, they all want transportation. They just don't want it in their neighborhood. Uh, or they don't mind an apartment building. They just don't want it built next to their house. And that's where Sedona is really kind of hung up. We haven't even done the traffic study. We haven't done the time studies. We haven't done the distance studies. We're just proposing a couple sites, maybe for next March and April, to get us through Easter. And people are going over the top saying it's going destroy my neighborhood right and even on i i joined next door actually actually after mm -hmm. talking to you i had didn't know much about mm -hmm. it i joined next door and the first thing i on my list and i will live over in west sedona was the same thing you know the the uh, a temporary transportation hub is going to destroy sedona i think all these arguments on both sides are almost always way overblown oh yeah absolutely you know that's that is is i see as the truth about it but i wanted to talk to you a little bit about um the attacks on social media you don't know who the people are you don't know where they're coming from 
And I think it's an interesting point. It's not even their neighborhood, most of them. I mean, we have, we have it way over here they're complaining. Well, I think part of it is just it's a continuation of a political view. Uh, in other words, what is the role of government? Um, I think some people look at the, the role of government should be nothing. They shouldn't spend our tax dollars. They should just leave me alone. I came here to retire. I've seen posts saying that, my God, why are we helping people live here? I worked hard to live in Sedona. Why are we helping people live here with workforce housing? So I think there's a political undertone of the way they, they view life. I think there's people like Al and I who, who want to make things a little bit better in our view. In other words, how do we make a, a more socially acceptable Sedona so that we have kids, people with kids that can go to school? We, we, we are a town of 60-year-old-plus people. Um, how do we how do we get people who can come here and afford to live? We don't have any housing. Well, apartments would help that. The average city would have 20% to 25% of their housing units in apartments. I think we're at 4%. Yeah, so like so these, these are all problems that need to be discussed. But what happens, we're not discussing them. We're just fighting them. We're not even getting to the discussion point. Of saying, how do we how do we change zoning a little bit in certain areas that we could put a three story building up? There's nothing wrong with a three story building. We have four story buildings in uptown. They mm-hmm. drop off the side of the mm-hmm. hill. So we we're not getting to those discussions because of, there's an underlying political beef of what they think the government should be and quote their tax dollars. And I think Al can talk about their tax dollars. I, I'd just say first that. Um you know, for example, VOC is not in the city of Sedona, so I don't know that, that, that Sedona could even put something down in, in VOC. No, it couldn't. So it couldn't. And the other thing to understand is a lot of the proposals – look, the, the truth is, folks, is that the Governor Ducey failed Sedona when, when he and the Goldwater Institute and the Republican legislature put the Airbnb situation is. It's changed the traffic – uh, patterns in Sedona. It's made them harder to manage. There are now more Airbnbs and hotel rooms, aren't Correct. there, Steve? So, uh, d- d- basically, I mean, I drove down the, c- the canyon yesterday. There's thousands of cars. It's a dangerous situation. All all the state's done is put up a little fencing ar- 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 around Slide Rock. They've done nothing to invest real money in solving this problem. And in fact, the Republicans and the governor want to cut the state revenue so then they will be able to do even nothing. So it's but, a very but, frustrating but situation. But you, you make a good point. We live in the city of Sedona, which is 19 square miles. Yeah. Half of that is Forest Service. But if you live in Oak Creek Canyon, Village of Oak Creek, Pine Valley, Upper Lower Loop, maybe out towards... Um, um, Sedona Shadows, you live in either Coconino or Yavapai County. You don't live in the city. The city can't take on projects that exist in the county. That's the county's job. So when people say, um, well, why don't they uh, tackle um, improving Snubble Hill Road? Snubble Hill Road is in Coconino County. It's a road that goes through the Forest Service. It's not a city project. It'll never be a city project. It's a regional project. And I think if we came back 20, 30 years from now, I bet you Snubble Hill Road will have been paved. But it's going to cost tens of millions, and it will take a major political um, effort to get such a thing done. $100 million. Is, I mean, that road is, is as, as is now. I drove it every day for 10 years that I worked. Um, 
it's it's in terrible, terrible shape. I'll give you an example of a rumor. We were talking about it a little bit before the show. We went over to some people's houses, and they said the cheap companies are keeping the Forest Service from grading the roads uh, behind Thunder Mountain and up Snibley Hill Road. And the cheap companies are doing that because they want to keep them as cheap tours. But what actually happened when the Forest Service stopped grading the roads is it destroyed cheap tours. You can no longer do the same tour in an hour and a half or two hours. And that road has gone from having smooth places and rough places and rough places and smooth places to being kind of a unpleasant nightmare the whole way up. Well, I, I, recently, so I, I, my, I would advocate the Forest Service grading the road. There was a, They had a guy who was – it's a very tricky process to grade that kind of uh, um, irregular and different density – rock that makes up that yeah. road right. and but so these rumors spread around and so when i, when I jeep, jeep companies are afraid of the forest service they're not running the forest service but what happens is that this gets spread as a rumor and if if there's this rumor there's a thousand more well and the problem is is it all you have to do is pick up the phone and i did i talked to the forest service they stopped servicing snebley hill road because they don't have the money one and two, if they lay down another gravel, it's just going to wear out in six months because they're down to bedrock. They are. And, and it's, defined, it's defined as a, a, a type of a road they aren't going to maintain. Now, most of the roads the Jeep goes on, the Jeep companies maintain them. And that's why they have in their permits, uh, one of the things they have, uh, right. they maintain the roads because the Forest Service doesn't have the funds to do it. We also have those little razors now. So we have a lot more traffic on all those roads. That that these razors and these four off-wheel vehicles are just ripping them up. The ATVs are much more capable than Jeeps, right, yeah. in terms of stuff. And they can go much faster. Much faster. And they're, and they're ripping up not only Slimley Hill Road, but the road behind uh, Thunder Mountain. And all the roads west of here, are, they're turning into yeah. a, a huge mess. Um, I don't... I, I don't know where we, we, we can go with that as, as a city. Again, I think we had a program and the state has tied the city's hands. The city can't regulate well, you know, this, this apparently. This, this well, not only that, they can't regulate land that is Forest Service land. That is the uh, domain of the Forest Service. And if they're going to come up with solutions on uh, ATVs and that, they'll have to be really creative. And it will not just be the local management of the Forest Service making a decision. It'll be a decision that goes all the way back to Washington for them to get authorization. Mm -hmm. And when you stop and think about it, the Razors and the ATVs have a license plate. They are a vehicle. And any vehicle that's legal to be on the road can be on all those dirt roads. And one cannot say you are not authorized to be here. One of the problems we have is people don't understand civics and civic government. They don't understand the boundaries of local government, state government. Uh, I was at a meeting the other day of somebody who's going to be running for office, and he said that the city approved two more sites for ATVs. Well, the city doesn't approve anything to do with ATVs. But all of a sudden, making it by making that statement, it starts a rumor. So Al and I and some other people try to respond to those rumors, and what happens, they say, oh, you have a, a view because you want to make money or you work in a hotel or another reason to discount our input. Our input, we usually make a phone call and we ask. We know what's going on. The trouble with Sedona, anything they do, they have to deal with the Forest Service. 
and they have to deal with two counties. So they can't just make a decision. You've got to get four people in a room, and then you hope the Forest Service can do something within two or three years because anything the forest does takes a NEPA study. So people just don't realize how hard it is. Now, the city really went out on the limb, raised the uh, sales tax, which most of it's going to be paid by other people, not locals, to put a transportation in and fix up town. Uh, uptown is much better now coming down than it, it used is. to be. They really helped a lot. But I see local people still writing letters complaining that the ugly barrier and blah, 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 blah. It's much better. So what it comes down to is they just don't want any change. The barrier, folks, uh, one of the reasons the traffic was slowed was so much people just walking across the street anywhere they wanted. Yeah. And uh, what the barrier does, um, and I'm not uh, um, fond of the way it looks, but it's very, very effective it's, in yep. cutting across. Uh, I, I used, to, that used down. to take me uh, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and now it's it's always an eight, ten minutes. So it made it made a big difference. But people complain about. The city pays money for studies. Well, they they paid a quarter million dollars for that study. We chipped in ten thousand dollars from our association for that study. And from that study, they fixed up town. They did a very, very good job. Now they're doing a study on transportation. They're doing time and motion studies. Uh, and then we'll put together a transportation system. And I suspect it won't work well to, to start with. And, it, and it'll take time to figure it out. But people will jump on it before it even gets started. And the That's word, the problem, yeah. Steve, right there. Right there. The problem is we're not going to have even a fierce argument about the facts and the structure of the thing. We're going to have all these uh, rumors uh, about what's going to happen, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, all these massive exaggerations and all these deliberate spreading of, of rumor. Yeah, and things and people blow things uh out of proportion, they're they're talking about putting in some um, apartment buildings on Jordan Jordan Road, and the people are upset. It's going to be in their area. I totally understand that nobody wants an apartment next to their their house, but they're already before it was even studied. They were saying, "Well, the traffic studies are wrong." Well, they hadn't even done traffic studies, so I mean, it's like let's go through the motions. And I try to explain people that a developer comes up with a plan, and he usually asks for more than he needs. And one of the things that worries me a little bit about developers, and they come in and they say, well, the land is so expensive, I need more density to make it work. Yes. Well, then maybe he overpaid for the land, and that's really not our problem. But that being said, um, they always come in with more units than they really are going to get. Then it goes to the city planning department. They send it back. Then it goes, if it gets that far, it goes to P&Z. And then it goes back again. And then it goes in front of the city council. So there's lots of opportunity for input. There's lots of opportunity for people to come up and say what they say. But the city still may okay it. That's, that's the city's function. The city's function is to act as, I think, the adult in the room. Their job is to look at Sedona as a whole, not necessarily look at that particular neighborhood. So the question I always ask is, people say, well, the city doesn't listen to the residents. Well, are they supposed to walk to the street around a development, talk to the 10 people that live there, and then make their decision? Well, they should listen to them. Or do they make the decision based upon 70 apartment buildings in town would be good for the entire town? I'm not saying either way, but they have to take a macro view. 
We have to get a, a saner discussion. Um, city council person, close personal friend, said when people say this, the council is not listening to them, what they're actually saying is that the council doesn't agree with them. Yes. We hear them just fine. We just don't agree That's with them. That's correct. And so 90, and I think 99%, maybe 90%, who knows, of, of the complaints about the council not listening are people who really want to say they're not doing what I want them to do. You know, I don't want them to build this, and they're the, considering the, and, it. And they'll, and they'll claim the city's not doing anything for the residents. They all they do is worry about the visitors and the tourists, and and um, nothing could be farther from the truth. Um, when you really look at what the city does with the money that it has, it builds roads, paves roads, um, uh, maintains uh, the parks, has a parks department, has a police department, has city uh, departments to manage, like, like you know, planning and zoning. Um, and um, a lot of the budget comes from uh, a source of revenue that is sales and bed tax that comes out of the tourists being here in the first place. What did they say? 77% of the city's revenue comes from that. And we don't have a property tax to make up uh, an alternative source of revenue unless we have um, uh, the an active uh, it, it, tourism yeah. community maybe maybe it's should been a little Sedona bit too active a, should Sedona have a small property tax as a as a counter to the fact that the tourism well, goes up well you're down, not well, I, no, but I, I do i do think that anybody who complains that the city is using this money that's coming from tourists to run the town including any uh actions they take like sim to somewhat um uh Soften the impact of tourism, maybe some traffic. For example, they're going to build uh, the forest road extension. That's millions of dollars. Um, well, that will help the people that live in uptown. And but but they're using tourist money. So but if you're, if you're going to com- if they're going to complain, then they should be the first to stand in line and says, you know what, we need an alternative revenue source. Let's have a city property tax, and maybe we wouldn't be so dependent on tourists. But what can we do to get a better understanding of what the issues actually are, Al? Well, what, can, what can we, or Steve, what can we do so that so that things are not, so that the city council is sitting and acting in this sort of sane way? You may agree with some of their decisions, disagree with others. I disagree with their uh, not putting in slip reins down by the by the thing. I don't think their study was was good there. They make what I think are mistakes, but they make sane decisions based on 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 city issues. How to, and that. I understand what Steve said. Let me just say this. I understand what Steve said, certainly. A lot of what you're hearing are, are Tea Party people down the line. They're right-wing populists who hate government. They hate the city government and hate the city council. And so you have this odd situation of Democrats and liberals defending the city council mm-hmm. and defending the Chamber of Commerce. I mean, we have a responsibility to support the people who have jobs in Sedona. We worked here for a long time at jobs. We weren't, <clears throat> we weren't wealthy retirees, my wife and I. And, and the city has a, 
has a responsibility to support the, 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 the tourist industry and stuff where, where all our employment is. What would happen to our people if they, if they don't have jobs? Then you have an entirely a retirement community. You wouldn't have any workers here. It's hard to be a worker here now. Well, right now, you know, there's about 10,000 people who have jobs here in Sedona, and only 15% of them actually live in Sedona. So that means that the vast majority are commuters, just like in the big city, to come from Cottonwood or wherever to live here, I mean to work here. And if you know anything about the current restaurant industry or the lodging industry, it's even true of retail. Finding people to work for you right now is like finding a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. Restaurants are cutting hours back. They're cutting back the days that they're open. There are some restaurants that have actually closed because they can't find enough staff. There's restaurants, even in Cottonwood, that can't open because they can't find yeah. staff. Yeah. And and whether or not this, on the other side of COVID, which is we're moving in that direction, whether or not uh, the volume of potential people who want to work, and now th- – the wages have gone substantially yeah. up. Um, maybe, maybe that will improve. But for right now, the town is in a real bind. Yeah, let, let's also think a little bit about. For years, people have criticized Sedona as being, you know, a one-horse town with the only revenue coming from um, visitors, and it's going to come and bite us in the ass. You know, we need to have more business. We need a more diversified tax base. Well, you know what? We came through the pandemic better than almost any place in America. We should be patting ourselves on the back that we were not have to lay off half the people at City Hall. We didn't have to lay off firemen. We got through it. We actually came through the year with a budget surplus. No city in America probably has done that. We are so successful that out-of-towners came in and bought up every single hotel in town except two in the last year and a half. One of which is yours, right? Yeah, mine and one others. I mean, they, they want to be in this town. So, yes, it's a, it's a tourist town. We were a bomb waiting to go off to begin with because a lot of people had bought homes here that lived back east. Mm-hmm. And they were put a renter in them, and they would say, and it helps pay this house off till I retire. And those people that were in those homes were our employees. So all of a sudden, they got booted out of a 1,000 homes and 3,000 bedrooms, and we lost our workforce. Now, what happened is those people who now work for us, they have to go home every day, and they drive to Camp Verde, they drive to Cottonwood, and guess what? We have afternoon traffic now on Cook's Hill as people is leave Is that town. what it's about, yeah. is people going, we, going, getting off work and heading? And heading back. And because then, that, we didn't used to we have We didn't that. used to have that. So all these things are overlaid. They, people want to point a finger and blame somebody, and you can't. Uh, I always think about – we think about ourselves in terms of, of um, 1980s, 1990s, 19, uh, turn of the century, you know, 2000. We, we know that things change from uh, time to time. People in Sedona don't want any change at all. And change is going to happen. Change is good, but they just don't want it. They, I said, they, they want to come here and retire, and they want everything to be it was the same day and they retire. And, and they want them. their choice of 60 restaurants, yeah. which, by the way, well, probably 60%, 70% of their revenue, maybe even more, comes from a tourist eating in the restaurant. So what, I, what I'm seeing is, first, I don't think tourism is ever going to go down. It's not. Because uh, Phoenix is expanding and expanding and expanding. 
all a whole generation of pandemic kids have now come up to Sedona. They're starting when they're very young, coming up here. When they turn 30, they got their kids. Mm -hmm. They're going to come up here. When they turn 40 and they have a lot of money, they'll come up here and stay in the fancier places. So I don't see that changing. And also, Sedona is, I've always thought Sedona is going to be going from, it went from regionally famous to nationally to famous, and it's going to become internationally famous. It's going to be an international destination. We had some of that always already, uh, but I think that that's going to get more pronounced. So, gentlemen, how do we deal with the situation? I mean, what worries me, Steve and Al, is that, is that people seem to be going a little crazy about the traffic. <clears throat> well, I think you're correct. The people are going crazy. We should all take the last 12 months and erase it from our mind. Nothing was normal. That's an aberration. The amount of tourism uh, that were day trippers increased by an astronomical amount. The short-term rental industry, which is probably upwards of 3,000 bedrooms in Sedona VOC, you know, um, got up into an occupancy rate that was not 100%, but really way up there in the 70s and 80%. Lodging, the actual lodging industry, the people that own hotels, over the last 12 months, their occupancy was even was flat or a little bit less. They did not supply all those cars to the Sedona for the last year. Let's give time a rest. Mm-hmm. Let's look forward to a time when COVID is a distant memory, and let's see what kind of tourism this town goes back to. I think that we should be more expecting that the norm is like 2018, 2019. Now, that may still be too many people at spring break and holiday weekends like we're in right now, but um, it won't be anything like it was the last 12 months. Now, maybe I could be wrong and we have a new yeah, norm. Yeah, I think I disagree. I mean, I think we're headed into well, not necessarily this year, well, but I think we're headed out into a new norm. Well, here's proof of thousands and here, thousands here's, of people know about Sedona. Okay, that but didn't. but still Last year, we had people here in August, 100-degree temperatures, hiking. We all are locals. We know you don't go hiking when it's 100 degrees. So, And that's because we had people here that had never been to Sedona before, and they were here in droves. I think you'll find that this summer, mm-hmm. as we go through June, July, and August, it's going to start to look more like a traditional summer where occupancy would drop down to maybe 50% and maybe – some places, but, maybe so, 30%. But what you, happens but, with the occupancy uh, 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 during summer? Well, norm, normally, traditionally, it drops down. I think it will drop down this year. But you've got to remember, we have, we have 3,000 new hotel rooms in the form of Airbnbs that were dropped into this market in four years. We doubled the number of places to stay. Sedona was always a hard place to stay at because it was expensive. Uh, and so it, it, it excluded a lot of people from Phoenix and other areas because they just couldn't pay 300 or 400 or 500 You can get a $1,000 a night room in this town very easily on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. So what happens now, we have rooms at 198 159 So we have a whole different clientele. When you go uptown and look, you'll see 30-year-olds. Yeah, I know. Okay, they're all over. Here's I the see thing. young people so all I, over I think Sedona. I think Al's correct. It'll go down a bit. But, but I, th- I always say we're a beach town. And just like California, Newport Beach, on a Saturday in August, it's lined up 
bumper to bumper, and that's the way it's going to be in season. Seasons are going to be bumper to bumper, and there's no getting around it. There's no building our way out of it. The city's not going to come up with a magical solution. Even taking people to trailheads will help, but it's going to be incremental little changes. Now, the real change is going to have to be in the mindset of the local the local's going to have to say, I'm not going to the hardware store at 3 in the afternoon on Friday, Saturday. Now, we, we all what's going to happen when, when politicians, the city council, uh, people like you for representing the tourism industry, tell the citizens of Sedona this. Tell, they say to citizens of Sedona, nothing can be done about the traffic coming up from, which was this weekend backed all the way up to VOC, Right. And uh, they had to pull cars off. And that, what happens when, when you say to them, there's nothing we can do about all that traffic they'll, coming they'll, up they'll from say, Phoenix? They'll we'll, say, we'll vote you out and we'll get people that will listen to us. That's what their response will be. And what kind of people will tell them that they have a magic the, solution the, to the, these? The people that, just, that we just went through the last election, people that will tell them whatever they want to hear. And those people may get into office and then people will find out how government works and that you can't just ban uh, Airbnbs. You can't stop off-road vehicles. And all these claims that people are trying to make are illegal and can't happen. People want quick solutions to complicated problems. And it's not – we're not going to fix it that way. We're not going to fix it at all. We're going we're gonna to be able to sneak up on it. But there's no there's no easy fix. So I'm hearing complaints. People who live in the chapel area just getting to the Sedona Art Center is is is, yeah. is a nightmare for them. And they're not complainer people. They're not these right wing anti-government people. They're just ordinary folks, and they're having a harder what, and harder time. But Steve. what happens when you put in five to six hundred Airbnbs in the village, and you put in uh, 200 hotel rooms in the village, and those people all want to come to Sedona during the day. Of course. Okay. Now, all it comes down to is we have more people on 179 than 179 can handle. Now, what they want to do is point fingers and yell and stream and, and point in the past. That's not going to fix anything. Okay, we just have more people using 179 than this, this, this road can handle. And the odd thing is, I was real. I've been a student of Sedona politics since I got here in '98, and I watched the process of ADOT saying that State Route 179 needed to be improved from the little two lanes that it was, and their recommendation based on the engineering and the science behind traffic management is that looking down the road Sedona's traffic was going to increase and it needed a modern four-lane road but because of a rather sophisticated local outreach they were able to convince the city and eventually ADOT to build a totally different kind of road and that's what we have a hundred million dollar two-lane road and as a consequence the road was predictably an inefficient, poorly designed road from the day the last ounce of concrete was poured. And we're upset about that. Well, everybody used the argument, well, why why have a good road coming in that can handle more cars? Because when they get to the why, it all stops. Well, it's sort of like um, 
be careful about what you ask for because when you're stuck in the traffic coming in from the village, and I lived out there for 16 years, you you have to either be patient or pick a different time to travel. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people who don't really have a position on the four, two lanes, four lanes road. It seems to me four lanes would have made sense. I understand the businesses along the road were really opposed well, to it. especially like Hillside. Because it would chop up their... Hillside, look, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it would chop up their parking places. And a, a business but, without parking places but, but is in all not honesty, really going to be but, a but in all honesty, we shouldn't even be discussing this because it is what it is. Okay. And we can't change it. So really what it comes down to is we've been found. Uh, yeah. We're 100 miles away from the fastest growing county in America. Uh, it's one of the best places to get a job in America if you're a 30-year-old. And they're coming to Sedona. So the question is, let's be honest. The city of Sedona has no input over 189. None. Except for uptown for one mile. I mean 179. I mean 89A. 89A. Okay. They also have no input on 179. So when people complain to the city about the roads, forget it. The city has no input on the roads. The city paves. Okay. They can put in a transportation system and they have P&Z for building codes, but that's about all they do. They don't have input with the with the uh, Snebley Road. They can't put a road or a bridge over the river at Red Rock Crossing. Al has a whole list of things that people think that the city I does. I your list. Can you get get it now? Yeah. And let's well, take time to take some of these issues. Uh, well, um, well, you know, one of the main things that. Uh, I lived in the village all those years, and people talked about the alternative route down Verde School Road uh, across the creek where there used to be a low water crossing. Um, All of that road, that dirt road and the bridge, um, would be in Yavapai County and would be built by Yavapai County, not the city of Sedona. And city of Sedona's borders don't get within about a mile of that particular uh, spot. Even on the other side of the uh, river is not Sedona. No, no, no. no it's up uh, Sedona city limits and right issue. past the high school on Upper Loop. And, um, I've, I've talked to enough supervisors, the, the, uh, at least the two we used to have. And in both cases, their support or lack of support for building a bridge that would cost tens of millions and would be a political nightmare is pretty well stopped in its tracks because the people who live there, the people that live on uh, um, in the village, people that live in uh, the um, Verde School Road area and then across the way into Lower Loop, they're not. Now? But Can't they're not. just put a highway right but, by their well, house? You, you would think that that would be possible. But politically... You're not going to find a supervisor gung-ho about building something that the people that live there can't agree that they even want. Yeah. My question is, why are we concerned about someone in the village getting to West Sedona? I don't understand it. Um, the people are coming up 179 because it's a state and federal designated scenic highway. They want to see the highway. It's not going to solve the problem. Um, so I think we just got to move past that and learn what I'm trying to tell people. It is what it is. We're going to have to live with it. You're going to have to change your perspective because the city's not going to make it different or you're going to die. And the younger people are going to move here and they're going to say, oh, I love this town and I already see that it has traffic. 
uh, it is I, what it maybe is. Maybe there's a point where the traffic is so bad people won't come here. They'll and say, people, well, I'll go to Bisbee and, instead. Absolutely. Sedona is beautiful, but there's too much. The other thing is, I just to bring up, it, it seems like a, a side, is there's wonderful track meet, uh, hiking down in VOC. There's wonderful hikes out of there. It's not like they even have to come to Sedona. You can stay in VOC. Um, there's some extraordinary we, ruins we, hidden we, back we, in we the should be using everything. We should be using the Chamber of Commerce to help guide people when they're here and how they get here. Not to bring them here, but we should be sending them to where we want to go. That's a prime example. Why shouldn't they be hiking? If you're in VOC, why shouldn't you be hiking in VOC? Okay, we're running out of time. Let's go to, to that thing. One of the, the the posts that we've got are denouncing the chamber for advertising and bringing people here in Sedona. The chamber is responsible for all those people coming here. Let's defund the chamber. You know, everybody's looking for a magic potion. They think that that will make a difference. The Chamber of Commerce is a DMMO, Destination Management Organization. One is actually respected on a national level. Their main function is tourism management. Yes, they do do advertising at the... Um, at the wishes of the city to help maintain our brand to bring people that will stay longer and hopefully spend more to help support the businesses of Sedona. But they have not been actively advertising in any aggressive form for over the past couple of years. And th their marketing has always been targeted towards the uh, summer and the winter, not spring and fall, because Sedona doesn't need any additional visitors at that time of the year. So to say that let's defund the chamber um that um that that would be the ba the backward way instead we should be working with the chamber to take on the project of tourism management in a way that will make a difference now i will admit uh, cook's hill backing up is a real frustrating exp experience and somehow some way you would hope that they find a way to get traffic to move faster that seems there would by talk yeah. yeah, uh, you know something has to give but you know i'm not i'm not totally sure that um all this angst towards the center uh, against the city and then eventually the chamber is nothing really more than scapegoating i think people are looking for somebody to blame for this frustration they have and and they have found two good ones in the city and the chamber it's interesting that it is in sedona it's always struck me as odd that it was the far right populace the tea party and the people who are were tea party people and now say they're not who are really campaigning against the chamber of commerce because the National Chamber of Commerce is an extremely right-wing organization. You're right. It's controlled by giant corporations. And uh, some of the letters that we have sort of confuse the National Chamber of Commerce with our little or local organization. And they uh, accuse you guys of being well, like an well, Alex-like group. I think it's interesting that one of the big tea parties in this town who complains all the time about uh, all the tourists around his house lives right next to one of the the most intrinsic places in America. How can you live next to a national monument like Cathedral Rock and then complain people come and see it? It's nimbyism at its best. Yeah. So I just I wanted to have the show uh, guys and I give you a chance to to talk a little bit about we need to get some sense and sensibility into into uh, Sedona politics and I, I appreciate you coming in I think we're pretty much running out of time um, I 
Where can folks go? I guess they can go on the city website, Steve, and they can get a tremendous amount of facts of what this council is actually doing. You can listen to their procedures. They have a great video on the website now about their transportation system. It's a very good video, and everybody should go, go it and see it. Al, where where can people go for for solid information rather than um, these unsubstantiated and frankly just made up out of the thin air? Well, that's a good point because there is no central resource for facts. But you know there are a lot of misquoted misinformation. Yes, there is a lot out there that where people think uh, up is down and down is up. I think. Um, you know, he, the city is right. And believe it or not, the Chamber's website, visitsedona.com, has a, a host of um, uh, quality information. And actually being on the Chamber's um, email list where you can see how they communicate and the facts that they put out. Because they're talking a lot about tourism management, All not right, advertising. Folks, um, really uh, appreciate you being with us. DOOR has a great program this month, great speakers. They have a film club of interesting film. You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.